Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another season of Game Misconduct. Hopefully everybody had a fabulous summer, but the 2021-22 season is upon us tonight with a couple of games. We welcome in ESPN and TNT as NHL partners, and of course the NHL Network still there for fans, and at 4 o'clock Eastern every day is NHL Now, and the main part of that is EJ Raddick, also a main part of what we do here on Game Misconduct, and he returns as well for the start of the season. Happy hockey, EJ. How are you, man? I'm good, Don. Welcome back. Glad you're doing another season. Um, it is, uh, you know, it is interesting. You mentioned it, ESPN and TNT, uh, the uh, co-rights holders uh, of the NHL, and, and we hockey fans and those listening, I mean, in the United States, this is a new experience, right, to have two national rights holders uh, competing and pushing each other a little bit and more uh you know two separate groups really with uh, the interest of of pushing the nhl and pushing the game of hockey so i think it's great i think it's long overdue and uh i wish both uh, entities uh, all those uh, great people at espn the same at uh, tnt all the best moving forward and i hope they have a great year it'll be fun to watch yeah and it should be uh hopefully fingers crossed we'll have for the first time in a while a full 82 game season and and try to get somewhat back to normal as this pandemic still looms and I'm sure it'll rear its ugly head during the course of the season but we've kind of been there done that so we'll be prepared for it and ready to go but at least we'll have some normalcy uh, that we didn't have over the last couple of seasons EJ and I, I I'm really looking forward to it I think it's gonna be a lot of fun as you said there's a little bit of excitement with ESPN and TNT involved not just because of the fact that they can compete against each other but we had these conversations a long time ago Listen, NBC did an absolutely terrific job, and it was wall-to-wall hockey, and I really was impressed with what they did. But to have ESPN and TNT involved, I think, is such a shot in the arm for this sport because it was always awkward, right, EJ, that ESPN had every sport but hockey. And I'm watching Monday Night Football last night, and Sidney Crosby's on at halftime. And then in on Sports yep. Center after the game, you know, uh, John Cooper, the head coach of the Lightning, coming on. And TNT, the job that they've done with the NBA and now getting involved in the NHL, it kind of it feels like it's putting the NHL back on a national platform with the other sports, and that kind of promotion is going to be tremendous for the league. Listen, I, I think when you look at the other sports, they've all got multiple partners on their national broadcasts, right? I mean, the NFL has had multiple partners my whole life. And, you know, the other sports have uh, kind of followed suit. When we were young, I mean, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, baseball was maybe on NBC when I was growing up. And, you know, basketball was on CBS for a while, was on ABC when I was younger. I mean, but it was not on multiple platforms. And now, obviously, technology has exploded. Cable arrived, uh, you know, three decades, four decades ago. And, uh, you know, this is, this is where you want to be as, uh, I think, professional sports league on multiple 
platforms and uh, have as many people talking about hockey as possible. And, you know, I've been really, uh, you know, I worked at ESPN, as you know, for 13 years and uh, at ESPN Magazine and it really touched all the different platforms. There were days when I would do things for ESPN Magazine, ESPN.com, radio and television. So it was, it was, it was wonderful and things have obviously exploded beyond you know, that, you know, when I left in 2011, and it's great to see, I'm watching this unfold over the last uh, several days of the the different platforms really rolling out hockey at ESPN. I think it's been terrific. They, I saw the show they did on ESPN, The Point, John Buchagross, and it was a cast of characters that included Mark Messier, and I thought it was terrific. It was well-produced. Uh, it was the use of uh, different technologies I thought made it terrific. They're going to have that throughout the year. Um, you know, TNT is going to do a lot of different things as well. So, I mean, I just think that it's long overdue and uh, it's going to be really beneficial to the hockey fan. We won't like everything, right? You know how that goes down. They'll be complaining about different things or different people. But at the end of the day, right. I think it's overdue that the league has, uh, you know, expanded and has multiple partners now. And it shows you that they have really done a good job of building that business over the last, you know, 15 or 20 years. All right, let's dive into uh, a look into this season. Again, it begins tonight with a couple of games, and then ESPN will get their chance, TNT will get their chance tomorrow. Um, by the end of the week, everybody will have played, and, and we're going back to the old format, right, going back to the old division. So uh, Buffalo and B- uh, Boston go back to the Atlantic division. Carolina and Columbus go back uh, to the Metropolitan. All the Canadian teams go back to their respective divisions as well. So we go back to the pre-pandemic times, which means the top four teams in each division make the playoffs. So let's start with the Metropolitan division. I think the knee-jerk reaction is, well, you're set with the top four teams, right? It's going to be the Islanders, Hurricanes, uh, the Penguins, and the Capitals. But I'm not so sure about the Penguins. We've talked many times about maybe is, is are they starting to run out of gas? Are they getting too old? Uh, they surprised, I think, both of us last year by having the season that they had. But now you come into this year, uh, no Crosby, no Malkin to start the year. Are you ready to say that maybe there will be legitimate competition that maybe Philadelphia, maybe the Rangers can steal one of those four spots and Pittsburgh might be having to settle for the wild card or out completely? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, the good news for the Penguins is that Sidney Crosby has been skating. It looks, he's going to miss the first couple of games. They play uh, Tampa and then in Florida, which are two tough games to start the season. And then I believe uh, there's a chance they go home for a stretch, and I believe Sydney will have a chance to play in those games. And so we first thought he might miss the first month, and now we're hearing he's only going to miss maybe a couple of games. So that's really good news for the Penguins. Um, I think they're in tough in Tampa for sure because they no Crosby at night. There's issues with Gensel. Obviously, Malkin is out for a while. Uh, there's questions about the goaltending. So. You know, I think the Penguins have to try to manage this first couple of weeks. And uh, if they can get through that, I mean, this is a team that did, they were second in the league last year, Don, and goal scored behind Colorado. I mean, I think if you ask fans that question, you know, yeah. nobody would say, very few people would get that right, I think, because people don't think, we didn't think of the Penguins as a high scoring team. Now, that said, they, how many goals did they roll up against New Jersey, Buffalo, Philadelphia? to kind of push them to that level. You know, we'd have to really get into the numbers then. But the bottom line is they showed the ability to score. 
I think it comes down to simply this: if they make the play, can they make the playoffs? Can Tristan Jari play well? Can uh, Casey DeSmith play well when they need him? And is the goaltending going to be good enough, or is Ron Hextall going to go out and make a move at some point in the season? Because that's the biggest area. I think with Sydney there as a leader, their defense is is, is still good enough. Um, and when Crosby comes back, they'll have enough, and everybody else healthy with the exception of Ankh, and they'll have enough to score. I just think, you know, will they be will they be undermined by goaltending? And, and Jari has been good at times, but certainly he was not very good in the postseason last year. No, there's no question about that, and we'll see. I, mean, I think what's really impressed me about Pittsburgh last year, how well coached they are, and they're all veterans, and they know how to do it, but you're right, benefited by a 56-game schedule, benefited by playing in what was a very uh, uh, easy bottom of the division with the Devils and, and with the Buffalo Sabres, and, and I think they were able to benefit from that. Uh, if they are a team that could take a step back, uh, is it the Rangers? Is it the Flyers? Uh, a Devil team that made some uh, massive improvements? I don't. I'm not ready to say Columbus is in that conversation. But which which of those teams could take advantage if Pittsburgh were to fall out of the top four? Well, I, I will tell you this. Uh, you know, I think the Devils are going to be better than people think. Now, a lot of that depends on how this whole thing plays out with Mackenzie Blackwood. I know that not exactly up to the moment on whether or not he has gotten the vaccination or not, which, you know, if he doesn't, it puts him kind of in a different category, and when can he, is there certain places he can go or can't go, and, you know, that worries me a little bit about the stability of the position. Uh, Jonathan Bernier is an experienced guy, uh, kind of a journeyman at this point, but I think he's a capable guy. When you're a team like the Devils, and it was kind of still rebuilding and added some significant pieces when you think of Dougie Hamilton and, uh, you know, Ryan Graves. Uh, they've got to, you know, they've got to get good goaltending. So that's the thing that would worry me a little bit. But I think they'll be better and more competitive than people think. I think the same is possible in Columbus because they have two really good goaltenders there. And, uh, you know, I think they'll come and play play hard for the new coach, Brent Larson, every night. So they'll be, they'll be competitive. Whether they can win enough games to stay in it, I is probably the question. You know, Philadelphia made those moves in the offseason to bring in Ritzelainen and bring in uh, Ryan Ellis, and Ryan Ellis is a real pro. Got to stay healthy. He's had some challenges in the past staying healthy. Ritzelainen is going to be real interesting for me to watch, Donnie, because I give everybody who comes out of Buffalo a little bit of a pass. I know there are many, especially in the analytics world, who are really down on Ritzelainen. I still see a big six foot three, six foot four defenseman that. Uh, has a little bit of, you know, can move the puck a little bit and has some bite to his game. And, you know, I, I've seen defensemen over the years. I mean, uh, going back in time to like a Larry Murphy who was moved out of Toronto and they thought he was finished and he went to Detroit and played like several good years and won a couple of cups. And uh, I'm sure I can come up with other examples of that if I put my head to it. But, you know, I'll be really curious to see how he fits in in Philadelphia. Again, goaltending Carter Hart coming off kind of a kind of a little bit of a shaky second year. He didn't get much help from his defense last year. Frankly, they were terrible, and that's why Chuck Fletcher made these moves. So um, I think Philadelphia has the players on the roster to be much better this year. But, boy, there's a lot of question marks. And if, and if Carter Hart struggles and they have to lean on Martin Jones, I think that's another challenge yeah. right there. So. For me, that's a question mark. I like, you know, listen, the Rangers are, have a lot of energy coming into the year. New coach, new GM, uh, uh, young players, uh, ready to take another step. 
uh, re-signed Zibanejad. Uh, I think the Rangers need to get off to that good start. They need to take advantage of that energy that, that you have when you have all those things going. And if the Rangers can get off to a good start to the season and build on that, I think they're going to be a hard team to deal with as the season goes on. If they struggle out of the gate, then it's going to be more of a challenge and you're playing catch-up. I think the Rangers really need to just take advantage of the of the positive energy within their group and, uh, and build on that as the season goes along. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you mentioned the Rangers, and they're going to have six alternate captains for the season and seemed like they were hell-bent on having a captain. Uh, how do you read this? I- I've always felt that the room should decide, so I'm kind of surprised that Gallant had the final say, and he's going to kind of delay his decision on who the captain can be. Considering how this was such a bone of contention after um, all the changes at the end of the season and the exit meetings about wanting to have a captain, how surprised are you they're going to hit the ice in Washington tomorrow with not a captain again? Well, you know, I would say this. I think Gerard has been around a long time, and he understands. He was, and he was a guy that led by example when he played. He was a tough cookie. And I think, you know, Chris Drury has been a leader for most of his life in athletics. And I think that if in a perfect world, I think they want to give it to Adam Fox, but I don't think they want to give it to him yet. What I think they've done is they've decided to go the route that they have with the veteran players that they have there, and they're trying, you know, I think all those players that they have are in some degree or another have, you know, are, have some leadership ability, and I think they're trying to harness that as a group and have a leadership group and then keep those, you know, kind of ducks in a row because, you know, if you feel that Fox is the guy and you don't feel he's ready, now, you know, if you name two assistants, maybe you've created a, you know, you, you're, you know, why am I not in the mix kind of situation. So I think that, you know, you'd have to really talk to Chris and Gerard to get, you know, and give them the truth serum and, and get it out of them. But I, I think there's a little of that. My read on it is that I think they want Fox to be the captain, but I don't think they want to give it to him yet. And uh, so I think this is, this is where they're at. And at the end of the day for me, Donnie, I am not a huge captain guy, so to speak. I think leadership comes from all different areas of the room, and good leaders lead letter or no letter. And... I go back to what I said earlier. The Rangers need to get off to a good start. They didn't get off to a good start last year, and it kind of submarined them in that 56-game season. You know, we talked just talked about Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh played the Rangers a lot early, and they were able to win a lot of those games. And that was something that enabled the Penguins to move forward and right. really hurt the Rangers. The Rangers got hot later in the year, and it was a little too late. So, for me... Yeah, it's an interesting story, and it's unusual to have six guys. And you know, it's unusual when when Minnesota used to change their captain every month, right? It was it was unusual when different teams would have a captain at home or a captain on the road. I mean, teams have done different things with it. At the end of the day, these are professionals. 
They're out there to win games. The Rangers know the situation they're in. they got a great chance to move forward this year and be mm-hmm. a playoff team, but it has to start on night one. And you've got the Islanders, the Hurricanes, and the Capitals. The Capitals pretty much come back intact uh, with the same team they had pretty much last year. Islanders get a healthy Anders Lee, which I think is a huge help. They add some some uh, some really good experience with uh, Zach Parisi. I thought that was a really good signing, too. And, and the Hurricanes are a very good team. So of those three, who do you think wins the division? Oh boy! Well, I like the Islanders. I don't, you know, I think the Islanders—they got—they've been close now, right? Final four two years in a row. Good goaltending, good coaching, uh, some good depth throughout their team. Um, still, like any team, you know, they have key guys that you got to keep healthy. Pulak and Pelic have to stay healthy. Um, I was really intrigued. I saw somebody had a line charge for the Islanders, and it's so early, and these lines change all the time. But one of them was in our third line of Pajot in the middle, with Parisi on the left and Wallstrom on the right. And I was like, boy, that could be a really interesting line because yeah. you have that young, goal sco- dynamic goal scorer along with a really smart, right-shot, two-way centerman in Pajot, and then a, a guy like Zach Parisi, who, if he's healthy, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, I'm sure, and wants to come in and really do well on Long Island. So, um, you know, I, I like the Islanders team. I'm a little bit, uh, with, with Carolina, I'm, I'm, you know, I look at their team on paper, and, you know, you lose Dougie Hamilton, and people can talk about Dougie Hamilton all they want, about, you know, different things. He's a really good player that eats a lot of minutes, and that's hard to fill. So, you know, is Tony D'Angelo going to be a fit to come in and do some of that there? I guess we'll find out. Uh, you know, they added Kotkaniemi in the offseason, who I like. I think they're really, I mean, it's a really good team, really well coached. You know, when you look at it, push comes to shove and goal. You know, Freddie Anderson better stay healthy. I don't think you can count on Antoniemi to do much, you know. Like, he's just a guy who's a good goalie when he's healthy, but he plays two games in a row and he gets hurt. That's true. And so I think that's a stretch to be leaning on him for any long stretch of time. And I remember Washington Capitals, you know, it's interesting, Donnie, because Nick Baxham is starting. He's going to miss the first 10 games. And if you look what they did with their roster, uh, Henry Flapierre and Connor McMichael are two young centermen, young players, I think 18 and 19 or 19 and 20 years of age, that made that team. And Henry Flapierre is really interesting to me. Because he's somebody that people really liked in junior, but he had significant injury problems in junior. He had concussion problems, and he dropped to late in the first round. But we've seen this in the past where guys have those problems in junior, and then at the professional level, they're fortunate to stay healthy. And, you know, a case in point for me was David Postonok in his draft year. He had mono in his draft year. He didn't play a lot, and then when he came back, he wasn't the same player. And so he dropped. Boston got him late in the first round, and you know, look what he's become. I don't, I don't know if uh, you know this player is going to be that, but I'm curious to see how he does. And McMichael is one of those guys I've watched him at the Canadian, at the World Juniors, and really impressed with uh, you know just one of those guys who does a lot of little things in the game. So I'll be curious to see how those two players start to to fit in if they're long termers, mm-hmm. if they stay throughout the season, if they just play a handful of games and then are moved back uh, to junior or to the to the minors. But, uh, you know, Washington's making a little bit of a change there with some players. And Ovechkin got dinged up the other night in a game against the Flyers in an exhibition game and has missed some practices since then. Didn't look good leaving the ice. They say it's day-to-day, but we got to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, you guess you got to get off to a good start. You know, you don't – 
you don't win cups in October, but you can lose them. And that's something Wayne Gretzky said a long time ago. So certainly you want to get off to a good start. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the Atlantic Division. You've got the old standby in, in Tampa and Boston. I think Florida is an excellent team, EJ. I would not be shocked. I predicted them to win this division. Uh, Toronto's still very good. We forget um, how good they are in the regular season because we think about their faults in the postseason. Not really sure where we land on Montreal. Suzuki signs a long contract. I think that's that's a good job uh, uh, of getting that done. But how do you see the top four rounding out in the Atlantic Division? Yeah, it's um, you know Tampa is is missing obviously some some big players. I mean that whole third line is gone, right? With Ward and and Goudreau and. Uh, you know, miss any other part of that line. But the bottom line is those guys are gone. And so that's something they'll have to fill. They'll fill it internally. They did bring in a Corey Perry to be kind of a, you know, a fire starter on that fourth line a little bit for them. It's an interesting story, right, because Corey Perry was part of uh, Dallas and Montreal teams that lost to Tampa in the last two years. Right. It'll be on the right side of his time. Um, it's really going to be, I mean, for Tampa – if they could win a third straight cup, the first team to win three straight since the Islanders in the early 80s, I mean, that would be quite an accomplishment. I think it's a challenge, obviously. But I don't think it's out of the question just because they've got all those core pieces that are in place still. When you think about Vasilevsky and Goal, Hedman and they still got McDonough, they got Point, they got Kucherov, I mean, Stamkos. I mean, this team is real, and they know how to win. They're really well coached. So you got to keep an eye on Tampa. You know, they're a team, I think, this year that's just got to, you know, get through the regular season if they can, stay healthy, get a good, you know, be in a position in April to make another run. And it'll be, I'll tell you, it'll be quite an accomplishment if they can do it. So I'll keep an eye on them. Boston without Krejci to me is, uh, that's going to be interesting. For years they were looking for wingers to play on that second line with Krejci. They go out and get Taylor Hall, and then Krejci decides to go back to the Czech Republic. So, I think in Boston, some of their key guys are, you know, a little longer in the tooth. They're going to have to lean on some of the younger guys, maybe a, a tad more this year. Uh, really well coached, obviously, Bruce Cassidy, goaltending, Swayman, and uh, and Linus Olmark are your guys to start with Tuka Rask, hopefully going to be back in January, I would say. And um, I'll be curious to see how Olmark does, because, again, in Buffalo, he played very, actually very well, but it seems like Swayman has been the guy in camp to earn the, the, the starting nod on opening night. Um, you know, Montreal has had a really difficult offseason with the, uh, you know, Jay Weber situation looking like he's going to be he's going to be finished, although I won't be surprised if come playoff time all of a sudden Shea Weber is, can rejoin the Canadians. I mean, because you know, I heard so much of that about Tampa last year, right, with Kucherov and Montreal kind of bickered about it and Canadian fans, you know, you know, hockey fans generally. I mean, they don't understand the system, I guess. That's just the way the system is. works. But, you know, I won't be shocked if Shea Weber all of a sudden is available in the playoffs if they make it. Um, you know, the price situation is we'll have to see how that plays out. That's a big deal. Like you mentioned, they just signed Suzuki to a long and expensive contract. And I like Nick Suzuki, and I like teams that, you know, they go in on, you know, identifying core guys and getting them signed. I'll just be curious to see, is he really that guy? He played very well for them over the last uh, year and a half, but 
a lot of term and a lot of money. So we'll see how that plays out. They had it to give. They believe in them. We'll see how it plays out. And as for the Leafs, no Austin Matthews in the first three. Uh, Morazic and Campbell are the goaltending duo. Morgan Ryan, final year of his contract. I still think, you know, they're so top-heavy because of the contracts they have up front. Makes it difficult for them, you know, to add maybe those pieces that they need to get over the top. So, you know, we'll see. They got Buffalo, Detroit rebuilding. Ottawa without uh, Brady Kachuk, it looks like, to start the season due to a contract situation. Hopefully he'll get signed in short order, but they they have a lot of promise if, uh, you know, that's they're still a couple of years out, I think. And Florida, the Florida Panthers, I love their team. I think that, uh, you know, that's a – as long as they come with the same attitude, Donnie, I mean, they have to have that same come-to-play-hard-every-night mentality yep. and not kind of, oh, we're in South Florida, let's enjoy the beach mentality. Um, they added Joe Thornton. I don't know if I think that was the greatest move, to be honest with you. I think that guys like that who are great players and certainly Hall of Famers who are at the end of their career, sometimes they can be a distraction for a team. And, and you got to find a place for them to fit. So we'll see if that works out. But I'll be. Uh, but I like their team. And uh, Spencer Knight, boy, he was terrific last year. Let's see what he has in year number and his really first full season of the NHL. Mm. What team is best equipped to challenge the Avalanche for the Central? You know, I really like the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I do and too. I, I just they gotta figure out the goaltend. They got they got a hundred goalies there, right? I mean they got an injured Ben Bishop, they don't know what right. they're gonna what, what's gonna happen to him. I think if they had their druthers, they would love for Ben Bishop to be healthy and be their guy. But you know, they have cap challenges too around that, which is another part of it. So we don't know what's going on there. They have got Hudobin and they've got Brayton Holby who they brought in. I think it's kind of the you know they wanted to have another guy there because they weren't certain. Jake Ottinger can go to the minors and play in the minors without having to go through waivers. So that's why they can do that. I think of the three guys, aside from Bishop, I think Ottinger is the best goal. And he might not be the guy to start the season. But Sagan is healthy. Radulov is healthy. I hear Jamie Benn is in great shape. Uh, you know, Pravelski is a pro. The younger guys they have there, the Hinsons and the you know, Robertson, those guys are good players. They got a couple other guys that are fit into that mode too. Uh, I love Miro Haskin on defense. Uh, they added Ryan Suter. They have John Klingberg. Uh, they're in a tough division. I mean, that division is tough. The Central Division. Every night's going to be a hard yeah. game unless you went by the Coyotes who are in rebuild mode. But again. But uh, I like, you know, I think if you get into a playoff series with Colorado, the thing you have to do is right, try to shut them down, right, and make it harder for them. And I think Dallas have to, has the personnel to do it. Heck, they did it two years ago. They were able to beat the Colorado Avalanche in a playoff series. So, uh, but I think that division is tough. A lot will depend on the timing and injuries and where you are at the end of the year in terms of, you know, how things unfold. St. Louis, I think, has is, is, is got a chance to be better again this year. Minnesota was good last year, but I'm just not sold on Minnesota still. Um, there's some good teams in that division. Winnipeg, I think, made some improvements in the offseason. They could be a tough team to deal with. So uh, that's going to be a tough division. But I would say the one that comes to mind for me is Dallas. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think that, you know, a year um, to kind of regroup. Again, we forget, like, last year just how crazy that was, and, and certainly for Dallas and you know, we forget that they went to the conference final. They went to the Stanley Cup final the year before that. Yep. 
So, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, and there's still, like, a lot of really good – I like the Jets, as you said. Uh, you know, the Blues are competitive. Wild, very competitive. It could be a tough division. Chicago was great at the beginning of the year last year, uh, and then they kind of petered out just a little bit. But they made some changes. So it'll be – you're right. Every night is going to be fun. Even even the teams like the, the Predators and, and the Coyotes could be tough to play yeah. each and every night. So that should be a fun, fun division. Uh, the Pacific – you know, you've got the crack in there. Uh, congratulations to Seattle joining uh, the National Hockey League. Um, you know, the, the Golden Knights have been the gold standard there, no pun intended, for a long time. But, you know, the Oilers, uh, they certainly can score a lot of goals. Uh, Flames, you've got a few teams that could probably stake their claim to being dangerous in the Pacific Division. How do you see that top four rounding out there? Well, first of all, as you, as you mentioned, congratulations to everybody in Seattle and good luck in your in the maiden voyage. And uh, I'm particularly, you know, it comes to mind when I'm talking to you, we used to have Jerry Bruckheimer come on the show. Yeah. You and I did go together. I think that that was the case. And, you know, we thought Jerry Bruckheimer might have a team in Vegas years and years ago. And that didn't materialize. And then he ends up part of the ownership group in Seattle. And Jerry is a huge hockey fan and, I'm sure this is a really exciting time for him. So, uh, you know, he's done very well in life, as we all know, with all his entertainment endeavors. And uh, But I'm sure, you know, he's going to have, uh, you know, he's going to be thrilled uh, as, as these unfold tonight. Um, you know, Vegas is the team that should be at the top, although I worry about Vegas because they're still thin through the middle. Yeah. And it's Robin Leonard or bust, right? I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is gone. And I like Robin Leonard, but like you know, is Robin Leonard going to stay healthy? Is he going to you know, is he going to tip sideways at some point during the year? You, you just, I worry about him, and I really like him. I really like Robin, but like at the start of the season already, the you know, he gets into this controversy and he starts talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and Elaine Vigneault, who he's never played for. And it's you know, listen, we want we want players if they have information that is concerning about the health and safety of players who want them to come forward, but is there, there's probably a way to do it. Is it a way to do it to go on a podcast and talk about it and create a distraction around you and your team? I don't know. So, you know, that's all, you know, Robin is going to have to be the guy. And, and I hope, like I said, I like him. I've had him on the show many times. I've interviewed him at the Winter Classic when he was in Buffalo. He's a stand, he's a stand-up guy in those regards and he's a good person and he's had all, all kinds of different challenges that he's overcome. And like I said, I mean, nothing would make me happier than to see Robin hold the Stanley Cup. But as we look at it objectively, there's a lot on his plate. And this is a team that is good, but they've got, you know, again, down the middle, it's still not, you know, it's still mm. not, to me, dynamic. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But I think in that division, they should be the best of the teams. Now, Edmonton, because, you know, they've got uh, – you know, they've got the megastar in the league at McDavid and then the number two in Dreisaitl, and then they've added some pieces to the puzzle. They had another game. they got to hope Mike Smith plays well, right? Yeah. And that's asking a lot. I mean, Mike Smith is, is, is you know, he's in his 40s, I believe, now. So that's asking a lot. Uh, you got, I thought L.A. had a chance to really be better this year, and then the kid Byfield gets hurt. Because I like the idea of having Kopitar, Deneau, Byfield up the middle. But now Byfield's out of the mix, so, you know, how does that impact L.A.? I still think they've got some good young players, and if they get, you know, if, if Quick and, uh, 
you know, the other goaltender there, you know, the, the kid from Notre Dame, I'm forgetting his name right now, but if they play well, they can be in the mix. Anaheim doesn't score enough, so I think, you know, that's still going to be a real challenge for them. San Jose, I mean, you know, that whole thing playing out with Andrew Kane. You know, so that's kind of a side story there. They're, you know, Aiden Hill is going to get an opportunity to be the goalie there. He played pretty well in short spots in Arizona. That's been a big problem for the Sharks is their goaltending. they got the older players there, Some young guys trying to move in. You know, San Jose, I'm still not buying that. So I think it's, to me, a weaker division. Um, I think Seattle will be competitive, good goalies, big, strong defense. Uh, a lot of just solid players. Will they score enough goals? That's the question. Calgary, it's, I mean, your guess is as good as mine on Calgary. Well, uh, goaltending again, kind Calgary. of like Edmonton, right? Is Markstrom the guy for that team? Yeah. But Markstrom is a guy that has shown us that he can he could play in Vancouver a couple years ago. He was great. I don't think he was that bad last year. I just think they that team is a team that it's it just boy. On one night they look good, and on the next night they look terrible. And you know, so and they, and they lost their captain Giordano. So what's it going to look like on the back end this year? I mean, they have players to be competitive. That's what I mean. It's just that division is wide open. I, I think Vegas is clearly the best team. I think Edmonton, because of the star power and the offense that they can provide, should be in the mix to be, you know, in the right. playoffs. But after that, I mean, you know, you know, Vancouver can be a sneaky team this year. Yeah. They've added some pieces. They've got guys signed now. Demko is, you know, I think Demko is legit. Um, you know, they could be sneaky this year, Vancouver. Nobody's really talking about the Canucks. They had a really tough year last year. They had all the COVID issues at the start and at the end, and uh, they had injuries, and Pedersen really didn't play much, and guys who were they were counting on didn't play well. But I think that the Vancouver Canucks could bounce back and have a better yeah. year this year. Remember, only a couple of years ago, they were making some hay in the playoffs and took Vegas to a game seven. Oh, yeah. Demko was, like, standing on his head, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in a position in that division. There's opportunity. And uh, I like Travis Green as a coach. So so there you go. Oh, yeah. Pacific, to me, it's wide open. It, it, you could forget they, they were they were within striking distance of making the playoffs, and COVID just destroyed them. You know, taking all that time off, having to stockpile all those games late, they just killed any chance they had at making a run. And, yeah, you're right. Now, last time they played a full season, they made a run in the postseason. Calvin Peterson is who you were talking about, the backup to Quick in Los Angeles. That's what I was looking up there. He's really the number one now. Yeah. No, Quick's had those lower body injuries the last few years. Yeah. Quick has been good on occasion, but, you know, I think really at this stage of his career, because he was such an explosive gold, you know, athlete, he had those injuries, and I think that's diminished him somewhat. He's on yeah. at age now, and so you know we'll see how it plays out. But Cal Peterson is going—I think—is going to be the guy they lean on more, and we'll see how he responds. And you know, I think there's a chance for LA. LA, you know, in a different way than Vancouver because of the division. There's opportunity there, and I think there's pressure really in LA too to be better and to get back in the mix. I mean, they've got Kopitar and Dowdy. You know that are making a lot of money. That are still yep. great players, and you don't want them, you know, dying on the line here. So uh, we'll see if they can make a push this year. I think there's a chance for them to be better, but they're going to, you know, some of the younger guys are going to have to step up. And I'm, I'm just disappointed that the 
you know, Byfield got hurt. Yeah, that stinks. Back and, and Phil Deneau is going to help them. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, he got uh, checked in an exhibition game against Arizona. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, it's full disclosure. We called you at eleven twenty, and I said, "Do you have any time constraints?" And you're like, "Oh, I got to be off by noon. I'm sure we'll be done by then." <laughs> Here it is. It's three minutes to twelve. <laughs> That's how much fun we had doing this. I, I ask a lot of you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I, I hope you can help us out uh, back in the fold here. And I know you got a podcast you're working on yourself. Feel free to promote if you will. I will. Um, we're, I'm in the in the works of, of putting together a podcast with Bruce Boudreaux, who I work with at the NHL Network, a longtime coach, a great guy. We have a really, I think, a really good rapport, and uh, so we're working on that. I'll let you know when yes. that comes to fruition. Soon I'm doing the Coyotes and Sabres for the NHL Network play-by-play on Saturday, so I'm excited about that, and we get started with NHL now, today, Tuesday. At 4 o'clock Eastern time on the NHL Network. EJ, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. Anytime, Donnie. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. That's the great EJ Raddick. He'll join us once a week here on Game Misconduct. I wanted to get some tweets in here. I promised you some tweets, but I had to let EJ go because we got just so extensive. Probably would have been a good idea to break down each division per day, but... Um, you know, when I've got the Twins and, and the Michael K show and I'm preparing to do a ton of Ranger games, my first one's going to be tomorrow against the Capitals in Washington. So I couldn't get the podcast up until today. wanted to jam a lot of things in, but I wanted to make sure we got an extensive preview going into the games tonight. So let's get your tweets in. Brian uh, says, I know you probably addressed this. What is your official take on the Seattle Kraken? Big fan. It works like it's popping, it's cracking, it's lit. Uh, I love the name. I, I, I love what's happening in Seattle. Um, it's added really to the excitement because we talked about this a million times. If you look at the a map of the United States and, and you take Canada out when it comes to the NHL, there was a big blank void there in the Pacific Northwest. No teams in Portland, no teams in Seattle. Uh, so the furthest east-west you had was San Jose, and then you didn't have another team until you got to Minnesota. So there's like a big... Uh, area there now Seattle jumps in there instant rivalry with Vancouver uh, so that that just makes a lot of sense there it was either going to be Portland or Seattle and Seattle ends up landing the team and I think it's going to be great I, I think expecting them to pull a Vegas is probably a little bit too much but I do think they're going to be a competitive team Sam Diaz says welcome back game is conduct there's a lot of talk about the Rangers new grittiness in their youngsters but to me I think Kreider could be the x-factor however too often he disappears for long stretches is there any reason to think this season will be any different well that's why I'm a big fan of actually making him the captain uh, I, I think he's the guy that speaks in that room and you're and you're looking for some consistency and that responsibility of being able to be consistent every single night he works so hard and can be such a dynamic player but Sam, you're right. There's some nights where it's like I, I, I when I when I do play by play, you know, I usually go by how often do I say somebody's name, and and it's sometimes where it's Kreider, 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 and sometimes I'll, I'll look at Dave, um, and say, well, we haven't mentioned Kreider today. What's going on? He's not driving to the net. He's not a presence. Um, maybe throwing the C on him would give him that responsibility of of being that kind of engaged every single night. But I'm with you. Uh, when you talk about Panarin, you talk about Zabanajad, what Fox did on the blue line, the resurgence uh, or the unexpected uh, assurgence of, of Miller, um, Kreider is the guy that I think can be a major X factor. I 100% agree with you. Troy says, glad to hear you guys again. Sportsnet compared McDavid and Crosby's first six years to each other 
and it sparked the conversation about Sid being better because of the 2009 Cup. But I would disagree to say McDavid has done more with less support what do you think? I mean, it's a great point because you look when Crosby came into the league, you know, he's had Malkin for a long, long time. He had Lemieux, remember, when he started his career. McDavid has Dreisaitl, and I think McDavid kind of makes Dreisaitl into a star player. He's, they never had a consistent winger um, to play with those two. Uh, it, it's always uh, uh, different different players. They're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination where Pittsburgh always just seemed to be very competitive and and cup worthy. Um, you know, five years into his league, you, you know, won a cup in 09, went to the Stanley Cup final in 08. Uh, Edmonton has never had that type of a team. I, I Listen, Crosby's been consistent. Crosby is one of the great players in the history of this league. McDavid's got to do it a little bit longer. But you look at the years, uh, McDavid has just been way more dynamic, um, just has not been on as good a team as Sidney Crosby's been and hasn't been able to play with players um, on his ilk the way uh, that Crosby has. Steve says, what are your thoughts regarding the Rangers naming six assistant captains? Also, what are your expectations of the Blue Shirts this year? I think they'd be a wild card team, and you know, we talked about it with EJ. I'm waiting kind of for the other shoe to drop with Pittsburgh, right? And they caught a break because it looks like Crosby's only going to miss the first couple of games, but they'll play without Malkin. Their goaltending is certainly in question. So maybe the Rangers can sneak into that fourth spot. And and when you look at the four teams in the Atlantic Division, you give a playoff spot to Florida, to Tampa, to Boston, and then is it going to be Toronto? Is it going to be Montreal? Let's just give it to Toronto. That means Montreal-Ottawa would be the likely candidates for a wild card in the Atlantic Division. And then you go to the Metropolitan Division, and you figure uh, if the Rangers don't get to that top four spot, drop Pittsburgh down. It could be the Rangers, could be the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, could be the Flyers. I don't think New Jersey's ready yet. I don't think Columbus is ready yet, although I think those teams will be improved. So I do think the Rangers can expect to be a playoff team. And when you think of their comments coming out, you know, Chris Drury saying the rebuild is over. Well, if the rebuild is over, then you expect to make the playoffs. And Gerard Gallant said he expects to make the playoffs. Amika Zabanajad said he expects to make the playoffs. So uh, certainly those are the expectations in that room. Uh, Shesterkin's got to be consistent. I think he will. Uh, Miller and Fox can continue to grow, and that's a lot to say for Fox. He's a Norris Trophy winner. Um, I think we get a little bit too caught up in the captain. I wish they would name one, but uh, they haven't. But you get a full season of Zabanajad, which you didn't get last year, a full season of Panarin, which you didn't get last year, a full year of Heedle and Truba, which you didn't get last year. Um, I think there's an excellent chance this team is going to make the playoffs. Jimmy says it seems to have been proven that you need some grit and toughness to be able to win in the playoffs. With that in mind, why do you think the Rangers aren't getting respect from their experts, even with the way they played the second half of the season? Well, there's a lot of uh, what ifs, you know, about this team. You know, um, what what are they going to do as far as like it, it was Fox just a flash in the pan? Was Miller just a flash in the pan? Uh, forget about their toughness. They certainly added their toughness, but. The questions always come down to, in that division, are you going to be a top-four team? And if not, then you're going to be scrambling for a wild-card spot. I, I'm, I'm bullish on them because I, I, I do think that their top two lines are going to be able to score. I think Blay is going to, is going to certainly be a help. But, you know, Heedle has to emerge. What is Lafaniere going to give you? What is Kako going to give you? There's a lot of question marks just because of the youth on the team. But I, I'm bullish on them. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, Dick says, with the, De- uh, the Dallas Stars having an entire offseason to heal up and the addition of Ryan Suter, do you think they have it to win the Cup? Time is running out on Ben and Sagan. And we just talked about it with EJ. Uh, we're both uh, very high 
on the Dallas Stars. So I think Dallas is going to find a way to probably finish second in that division uh, behind the Avalanche. Uh, Victor says, happy NHL season opening today. Hopefully game misconduct is coming back, and it is back. Uh, Rangers went uh, gritty. Devils added Hamilton and went with mostly a draft roster. Islanders added a few veteran players. Which teams will be better this year? Well, it's hard to say the Islanders will be better, but you bring in Anders Lee, uh, healthy now. Zach Parisi, I think, is a great addition to the team. I think Zdeno Chara is a great addition to the team. I love the Islanders. I think they're winning the division. I think they're winning the Cup. I, I think it's finally their year. I think they learned their lessons the previous two years in the conference final. And I think this team is ready to pop. I think the Islanders are going to win the Stanley Cup. The Devils will be better, but I don't think a playoff team. Questions and goal, as EJ said. Um, but I think they'll be better. Um, but just not enough, I think, uh, to make the playoffs. But I like the direction that they're going in. A lot of good young kids that I think are going to pop here uh, very soon. So you should be very happy if you're a Devil fan in the direction uh, that they're going. So hopefully you guys had a lot of fun with Game Misconduct. We gave you a lot to chew on here. It was a long off season, but I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy with the additions of ESPN and TNT. I'm happy we're going to get a full 82-game schedule for the first time in a while. Um, and I'm just really just excited about this season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm feeling a buzz, and that's why I wanted to come back and do Game Misconduct because we don't get a chance to do it a lot on the Michael K. Show. I think we'll be doing it a little bit more this year because I think the Rangers are going to be good. I think the Islanders are going to be excellent, so plenty of reason to talk about them. Um, so let's reconvene, and uh, let's, uh, let's come back on Friday. I'm going to try to do it three times a week. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm not married to it always being that way, but I try to give you three. Uh, I'm going to be calling the game tomorrow, Rangers and Capitals from Washington. I am also going to be calling uh, the game on Saturday in Montreal between the Canadians and the Rangers, so it'll be busy. So why don't uh, why don't we let these games go? Let's uh, get these set of games going on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, excuse me, um, yeah, get these games going on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then we'll reconvene on Friday, recap the three days of hockey. By then, pretty much everybody will have played and kind of just assess what we've seen so far. So let's come back on Friday. You can always get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Thanks to EJ Raddick. Thanks to Ray Dinahan uh, for helping us out here early on a Tuesday. Back with you again on Friday. This was the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.